0: This is Tim Beck, head coach of Coastal Carolina, Clears, Shout out to the Fun Belt podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. I'm very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of fun, Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history.
1: I saw Fun Belt conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I got to join the show. It sounds, it sounds a lot of fun. That <laughs> was funny when we didn't record the monarchs. <laughs> <sighs> uh, good times. All right, three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode of Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast, part of the Believe Network, because we believe in the Sun Belt so much. With me is Shane Metland from the Daily News Record. Shane, welcome tonight. Thanks for having me. And also on, I'm not having you. You're far <laughs> the road. With us also is Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report. Dusty? Oh, wait. Dusty's not here. Shane, what did we do with Dusty? Where did we put him?
0: Uh, I don't even remember what he said he was doing tonight. <laughs> I just I, remember him not saying he wasn't going to sure. be here.
1: He just said he wasn't going to. He just was like, hey, I'm not going to be here on Wednesday. You're going to have to run the show. What? You yeah. know what? I wasn't here on Monday. I'm sure you guys had a great show. I think it was the best ever. Probably. Yeah, yeah. not... You know, it was, technically, it probably ran really smooth. Didn't have my nervous laughter in the background. Didn't have me going off on a tangent that had nothing to do with what we were talking about. I can I can promise you, though, it's going back to that kind of disaster tonight, Shane.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, let's just see if it's a good show <laughs> okay. tonight. All right. Then we know what the common denominator is. <laughs> and
1: I will ask for a raise. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will find some money in petty cash. To increase your salary, it's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all of your baseball wagering information, with up-to-date stats, scores, news, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates and statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use your promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, you know why I wasn't in on Monday, Shane?
0: Uh I think I saw some pictures from a uh, uh mm-hmm. basketball arena in a northeastern corner of Arkansas.
1: <laughs> yeah. I w- I drove I drove the Little Wolf buggy from Little Rock to Jonesboro and took in some exhibition Is between Arkansas State, UCA, the proceeds going to help tornado victims of Win, Arkansas. Win, I I doubt if you've ever been to the community of Win that's between <clears throat> Uh, sort of between Memphis and 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 Jonesboro, it's 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 sort of in the between there. It's got a nice golf course, but there's not a lot to it. It's the city with the with a smile. That's what they call Win, the city with a smile. I wasn't
0: too familiar with wind. No,
1: no, you shouldn't be. It sounds it's nice. Just absolutely flattened by a tornado, knocked down like the high school and the civic center, and so the, all the money went to that. And Shane, I got pumped up. For Sunbelt basketball Monday night because my team, the Red Wolves, are looking really good. They've got they've like got this equal balance of seven returners and seven transfer guys, and they're meshing really well under new head coach Brian Hodgson. Uh <laughs> I think the uh Sports Illustrated came out with its top 364 or whatever. You know, they rank every D1 basketball team in the land. You're James Madison sub 100 in the 70s somewhere which i thought was cool but uh arkansas state right 220 i I don't think they the news have come out i really do believe this is going to be a good year for arkansas state pretty excited about it but jmu getting some national looks What how did how do you explain this um i think
0: jmu should be pretty solid They, you know, they bring back Terrence Edwards, who has a chance to be one of the better players in the conference. They, you know, add some guys in the transfer portal. I think most notably TJ Bickerstaff was a starter at Boston College. He's coming in. He, you know, he, I don't want to say Jordan Brown level big man quite yet, but I think in that. Neighborhood, perhaps, just you know, an established guy with that kind of size who can really kind of control the paint. I think you know he adds, he adds something that JMU hasn't quite had since Mark Byington's gotten here, and you know, I think that that adds you know a pretty tr- intriguing, intriguing aspect to it. But I, I'm with you too. I, I think Arkansas State a little under
1: in the 200s. Well, I you yeah, know? I'm a, I'm not a grouseing about. It. I mean, yeah. Saw State historically has just been an awful place for basketball. Uh just, just hasn't really turned that corner. But Hodgins really brought a new element, a new layer. The team plays fast. They've played two exhibition games. Against, you know, subpar opponents, like at that, but put up 112 points on both those opponents, playing at a really quick pace, nailing three-pointers. Uh, you know, they beat UCA on Monday night. UCA beat Arkansas State last year and probably one of the most dispiriting (laughs) games I had seen uh, Arkansas State ever play. It was at UCA. They had a 12 point halftime lead. They just totally blew it. But Shane, you know what I I get from you that you enjoy football and that you enjoy baseball and then you enjoy some of the other sports like softball and, and lacrosse and all the other sports you're just a, sort of a, a a renaissance man of college sports but I, I i think down to your core maybe as a kansas man basketball's your your jam am i right i think you get me yeah <laughs> and i think i just sense that you're really looking yeah. forward you're like you're being all calm about jam you yeah i think they'll be pretty good you're pretty jazzed though about the season right
0: yeah i would be thrilled to cover a good basketball team, and you know, I you know covered the women's NCAA tournament last year.
1: Yeah, I would love yeah. the
0: opportunity to cover the men's NCAA tournament this year. I mean, I think uh I think jamie has a chance to get there.
1: Wait, wait, wait! Does I think Madison, they, do they get to play postseason basketball? Or are they allowed? They okay, they so. do. Yeah. Well, we get all excited about James Bassett. I I I don't want to like have that hope come up, and then you are like, oh yeah, by the way, NCAA yeah. doesn't even count our stats.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we can get into uh, that But I think uh, for basketball uh, Everything's pretty normal <laughs> This season
1: Guess who Sports Illustrated Ranked last for the Sun Belt You didn't look, did you? you...
0: I I didn't go through the entire list For Sports Illustrated I went through the whole list yeah. um, I'm going to guess We're only able to talk about it Because Tibbs isn't here <laughs> <laughs>
1: Significantly lower lowest is ULM, and uh, I got that's too bad. I I, 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 I always feel like they get like they kind of get close, they get a couple good players, and then I guess something implodes. Uh, it doesn't look good for them this year. I feel bad for Thibodeau because Thibodeau, to his root, kind of like you, he likes all the other sports, but he's a basketball man too, and it must be disheartening for him to be his team, to be projected to be so, to perform so poorly. I, I I feel bad for Tibbs, but uh he's not here so we can make fun of him. <laughs> oh, that's, that's harsh, but. <laughs> Have you been keeping up with this cheating scandal that's going on with, with a certain big 10 team?
0: Uh To some degree. It's hard to keep up with everything because there's something new and some new uh, photographic evidence every day. It seems
1: like. But, I, I'm not um, really paying attention to it. Are you kind of paying attention, attention to it, to some degree? We know a couple things that I, that have
0: like entered my orbit about it. Okay. First, mm-hmm. I found it pretty noticeable that JMU on Saturday was not signaling in their their plays the same way they traditionally have.
1: Okay. All right. Like yeah.
0: there were not big. Poster boards with you know oh. gaudy like um you know uh-huh. NHL logos or whatever were supposed to signal different things. Those oh, were gone. Yeah, yeah, okay. They had they had some sort of smaller, easier to hide signifier. They added a fourth signaler.
1: Oh, okay. They yeah, used okay. to have
0: like just three guys on the sideline in bright colored clothes, like yeah. signaling yeah. in things. And you know, I only, only only one, I think, was the actual signal. They added the fourth. The the scout team quarterback was with those guys signaling it in. So um, I I found it noticeable that, you know, even a team like James Madison uh, seemed to get even more defensive about hiding their signaling um, this week.
1: The Uh, second way it
0: came onto my radar, though, was getting on the college football playoff ranking mm. teleconference last night. Yeah, Um, And like – I don't know, maybe like the first five people who got on asked like if, you know, asked if uh, one person asked if the Michigan, I don't know if it's the AD or the president, whoever's on the uh, committee from Michigan
1: okay. basically
0: asked if he shouldn't recuse himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the next person, you know, was asking, you know, does if they're cheating, does that, you know, make you think why are we ranking this team so high if they're cheating to be so good? Like the yeah. first five questions or so were all like, what are you going to do about Michigan? Basically.
1: They're like the Houston Astros of college football. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Another so- digging him who's not here to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here, here's what I've noticed that it, it, it kind of, every time you get a cheating scandal like this, it, it, it seems to bring to the surface what people feel about cheating. And there's like categories of people. There's the category of people who will be like, hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. There's that group of people. To me, those are the most odious of people. They're the ones that no matter what, you know, to win, the win is the most important thing. And if you have to cheat to win, then by golly, you got to cheat to win. And then there's the group of people like, yeah, I accept that there's some cheating in the sport that I love. And it's on the up to your team to prevent cheating from happening so it's almost like blaming the victim in a way like like people say well yeah sure michigan was cheating but these other teams they, they should have been safeguarding themselves so they almost make it sound like well you know it's, it's not michigan's fault it, it's your fault for being such a victim and then there's kind of these people like me who just don't be like cheating at all i like i don't understand what satisfaction can someone gain By winning a contest, knowing that you won not because you played better, but because you had an edge that the other team didn't have, and it was illegal. Where is? Help me understand this, Shane. I know there's a lot of money involved, but Michigan has every possible advantage already. They've got the money, they've got the broadcast, they got the recruits, they got the million dollar coach. Why do they need to cheat?
0: because I, I the justification i would guess probably has something to do like well if we're not doing it then our rivals are and we're behind well not not to uh you know say i agree with that but i'm guessing yeah. that's the mental gymnastics that goes into convincing yourself to do it the the interesting thing though you know you brought up the second thing you said was like well you know if they can see it then we didn't hide it well enough or whatever like uh, but that's it's not even that they were stealing the signs Is like uh-huh. how are you supposed to hide your signals if you don't know that the guy wearing a central michigan polo on the other sideline isn't <laughs> actually a central michigan guy and that he's got a camera in his glasses allegedly yeah, that's <laughs> you, you know, know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> allegedly um you know like, how are you supposed to defend against that that's you know why they banned the like in-person scouting and stuff like that it's yeah. uh you know so it's not just like oh we got to cover our signals better it's you know how do you guard against something you don't know what it is
1: you know and i i think that's it's brought up a good idea an expensive idea almost as expensive as making everybody put up a a 24 second clock in your facility is the it's the helmet communicator, the, the radio communicator between coach and quarterback. Right. That's supposed to, like, be the solve all. Right. If you're if if you have direct communication with your quarterback, there's no need for signals. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think that makes some sense. And I I don't know what you're you're a businessman. Like, oh, yeah. What would what would the cost cost? Of something like that be to a school like is it are we talking about something that's a drop in the bucket for most I d1 programs or is it something that would hurt like a you know somebody, your average cusa team
1: i brought that up and said oh it'd be this enormous cost i i don't see why it would be enormous cost i mean it's compared to a lot of other things that we've got
0: they're yeah. already like connected to the booth upstairs and everything it doesn't seem like it should be i mean i know it's got to be something that's safe for a player on the field to wear
1: you got a special helmet i'm sure but i mean but, what are we like, talking about 200 bucks i don't know yeah, a
0: thousand? i don't know See, it doesn't seem like it should be that crazy of a thing with the technology no. we have today but
1: no i i think you're right about that i, I don't know why that would be an expensive thing i used to kind of you know what when i was you know when i played football in junior high uh, the, how plays got into the quarterback was the split end, right? You know, the yeah. wide receiver, you'd say Harper, you know, 46 blast. And you'd, I'd have to run into the huddle and say, Hey, Kyle, my good friend, Kyle, who's the quarterback, 46 blast. And then we'd run the play and, and that's how things work. You can steal a play because only the wide receiver in the, uh, and the, and the coach knew before it made it to the huddle. Right.
0: So. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I, I was that guy and, uh, <laughs> high school one year you know playing eight man football in the middle of nowhere uh, it, i was the ninth guy and me and yeah. uh my friend we rotated at end every every snap <laughs> We played every other down and one yeah. of us was running the play in
1: so uh, you had to do it you yeah. know i have a little story about that so um you know junior high ninth grade was my, last year i played football and i didn't want to be there I, everybody had grown like in size like in height and wait, but me. So I was not a good football player, and spent a lot of time kind of hiding on the sideline, so I wouldn't be noticed by the coach. Well, one day, coach notices me and says, Harper, go in there and run the play." So he gives me a play. I said, "Fuck, okay." So I run into the, I run to the, to the huddle. A good friend of mine, Kyle Franks, he was the, uh, he was the quarterback, and I give him a play. He says, "Jeremy, you got to take out your mouthpiece. I don't understand what you're saying." So I took out my mouthpiece and in that instant forgot what the play was. Just It just evaporated out of my head. I had no idea what the play was. So I invented a play. I said, uh, 46 blast. I just made something. And he said, are you sure? I said, that's what the coach said. <laughs> so we line up and we immediately lose like five yards and we have to punt. <laughs> so the next day, we played games on Thursday and the next day we'd have to sit all day or all uh PE period, physical period, football period, and watch the game film. So I'm just dreading this moment when this play comes because I know I'm going to get my ass chewed out. So sure enough, the the, the play comes onto the video monitor. We lose the five yards, and coach says, Kyle, what the hell happened there? And Kyle said, Well, Jeremy said, I don't care what Jeremy said, and just start ripping a new one at the top. <laughs> Well, I escaped. <laughs> but you know what? They, from which there is no escape, Shane. What's that? Second and short. the ah, gong? Ah. <laughs> All right, Shane, I want you to give it a try. It, you didn't give it a good try last time. I want you to really give it a try. No, say it.
0: Say what? The gong?
1: No, second and short.
0: Oh, Second and short. You hear it? Ah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> I get what you're doing now.
1: You're not helping me with my post-production magic, Shane. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right, it's fine. right. Second and short. You know how second and short works. I, I, I kind of lay down the groundwork. And usually you and Tibbs kind of do a little back and forth. But this time it's just going to be me and you. I'm going to introduce yeah. every game. I'm going to throw it to you. We'll go back a little bit. We'll try to keep each under two minutes so we can move on with our families. But right now, second and short, on the Believe Network, Fun Belt Podcast. Here we go. As soon as I find my notes, I'm pulling it up. First game. Thursday night game. That's tomorrow, Shane. I don't know if you have a calendar in front of you. November 2nd. This was. This was going to be like a fantastic game. It was like the game that a lot of people had who, who follow the Sun Belt, like you and me, had circled. Now, maybe not such a big game, but still a lot of rivalry involved. South Alabama, 4-4 four and four, at Troy 6-2, six 6.30 p.m. ESPN 2. Trojans are a five-point favorite. Oh, is there a team more puzzling than the Jaguars? You know they got the big win on the road against uh, Oklahoma State, and then really not much else. They beat up on on the bottom dwellers of the Sun Belt West. Everybody else, they get beat up by, including a shocking thirty three to twenty home loss to Louisiana, who was supposed to still be a team kind of figuring itself out. Louisiana's actually pretty good. Is this game, aside from the rivalry, worth watching, Shane? <clears throat>
0: I think it's worth watching because you okay. don't know what you get from South Alabama and it's a rivalry. So you don't know what you get from a rivalry. I, I joked, I think in our DM thread last yes. week that I was going to abstain from picking any more South Alabama games because you don't you know. You were
1: done with South Alabama. Cause cause I don't,
0: you don't know. How can you pick when you don't know what team is playing and you don't know what South Alabama team is playing. Um, but I think there's a possibility. It's a very entertaining game because. If South Alabama brings their best, they might challenge Troy and they might, you know, they might make it a fun rivalry weekend. Not weekend. It's Thursday night. But, you know, you know what I mean?
1: Thursday's part of the weekend. It's the start of the weekend. You know, I could see Vegas sending some leg breakers to Kane Womack's office and saying, you guys need to get your shit together because we have no idea. To prognosticate your games, we are losing money left and right thanks to your wildness, thanks to your weirdness. Yeah, meanwhile, Troy, man, they just seem to be getting stronger, Shane. Every game, they just the defense seems to be getting stouter. Gunnar Watson seems to be becoming a better and better quarterback. I think he was the offensive player of the week this week. What do you think of Troy?
0: Like you said, they seem to be getting stronger and stronger. They, you know. We said this. Last year they lost week 3 a conference game a heartbreaker and really? then went on a long winning streak. Yeah. This year they lost a conference game a heartbreaker week 3 and they seem to be in the midst of the same winning streak winning out like you know. They they really could do that if if they get past their uh, rivals this weekend. I I think Troy if JMU continues to be ineligible is the obvious favorite to win the conference right now. And, yeah, they just get stronger and stronger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know what? At the beginning of the season, I really thought Troy had lost a couple steps on defense. They just seem stronger on defense. They're they're probably one of the, you know, I, I, statistically, maybe uh is better. I wouldn't know because, you know, nobody records statistics for JMU. They don't really count. But uh, Troy might be, Maybe the best defensive team I've seen in the Sun Belt in a long time. Jump start to Saturday, November fourth. That's that's when the real action begins. The two conference OGs, uh, uh, original gangsters. Louisiana sitting at five and three, visit Arkansas State, sitting at four and four. Two p.m. ESPN plus plus, not uh, pluff. Cajuns are nine-point favorite. You know, one thing about... Yeah, it's it's going to be like a a battle between these two freshman quarterbacks, Zeon Chris for the Cajuns and Jalen Rayner for for the Red Wolves. But man, I one guy you got to look for is this Jacob Cabote guy. 550 yards on the year, six TDs. He's not mentioned in the same breath of guys like Marcus Carroll or Kamani Vidal or Rashid Ali or, or any of the great... I mean, this year... Sunbelt stacked with great running backs, but he's just as good as these other guys. I think if Arkansas State wants to win this game, they're going to have to keep Kabodi out of the end zone. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, he's, you know, he's not,
0: you, you look at Marcus Carroll, Kamani Vidal, those guys are just putting up insane numbers on the whole, but you kabodi know, has been really solid. He, he's a guy who'll get you five yards a carry and keep the chains moving. And I think, keeping the ball away from Arkansas state, which is kind of developed into having a dangerous offense somehow in the middle of the season. If you yeah. have that running game to keep the ball out of Jalen Rayner's hands, you limit, you limit the chances that Arkansas state can make some weird things happen and pull off an
1: upset in this one. Yeah. And that, that's really historically how the cages have beaten Arkansas state is ball control, holding on, holding on to possession for just a significantly longer time than Arkansas State. I, I just have a you know, I, I know I'm a homer. I get it. I I feel I feel good about Arkansas State in this game. I feel like they 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 kind of won in a way against against the Warhawks on the road in the fourth quarter that that had kind of taught Arkansas State how to win games. I'm feeling good about this. Zeon Chris, I think is a great quarterback, like for a freshman, I think it's hard to call a freshman quarterback great when you haven't seen a bunch of his work, but the guy can run, the guy can throw. I think it's going to be a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, and hey, if Arkansas State wins, we're talking about, you know, they're not bowl eligible yet, but I think they're pretty safely considered probably bowl eligible if they, uh, <laughs> if they can get a win against Louisiana. I think they can start talking about about yeah. the postseason, and, which I don't know we're thinking uh, after
1: week one. well I, I more importantly Shane is I win my bet online wager that Arkansas state would win 4.5 games on the season. So that's yeah. that's what's really important the bet online wager. Yeah, I think they'll get there. you think they'll get there okay okay I feel I good about you you feeling good about it. a half an hour later from the kickoff of Arkansas state, Louisiana, there's another game that was going to be like the super game not quite on the same level although i feel like it's still got a lot of ramifications and it still has the potential to being a really neat football game number 22 23 i'm sorry james madison 8-0 at 6-2 georgia state 2-30 espn 2 the dukes a 5.5 point favorite the Panthers were really, really feeling it, Shane, before getting ambushed by Georgia Southern and their multifaceted offense and defense. I mean, they really just sort of, sort of uh, cut the legs from under Darren Granger. Granger had two, um, uh, had two picks, only had 157 yards. Marcus Carroll was dynamite. He had like 200 yards and a couple touchdowns, but uh, too much Georgia Southern, right? And so now the Dukes come in. Their defense is even stronger. They got Jalen Green and Sean Sh- Alexander, Fab Fourteen finalist D'Angelo Ponds. By the way, the Fab Fourteen finalists from Sean Alexander—the only group of five guys, two guys from the Sun Belt—that's really cool. Anyway, what does does Marcus Carroll provide enough threat to James Madison to do something in this game here in Atlanta? Or are they going to need Darren Granger, too, to figure it out? I think they
0: need Darren Granger, too, to figure it out. Because the, the thing that I am finding intriguing about this one is ODU showed teams something about how you can attack JMU's defense. And it's spreading the field, getting out there, working sideline to sideline, oh. and making them play sideline to sideline, then getting some cutbacks and some moves inside in the running game. Ah. Uh...
1: So not and, so like like taking away the compactness of the defensive line, which is the yeah. strength of James Madison, and, and, and yeah, very nice. And Georgia State does some similar things. Um, They'll you
0: know stack their wide receivers way out wide. They'll do some similar things, but then you throw Darren Granger into the mix, who's a dual threat quarterback, which Odu just does not have. Yeah, and that's where I think. Is probably the scariest aspect of this game for JMU. I mean, I think they'll make some adjustments following Old Dominion putting 27 points up on them. But the the Darren Granger X factor of being able to make those throws, but also get out of the pocket and maybe get some yards when things collapse on him, I think probably gives Georgia
1: State a chance to win this game. Yeah, you know, and ODU. Oh, and they played that game wire to wire. ODU, the weirdest team in the Sun Belt, by the way. But we'll talk a little bit about them later. I think the Dukes win this game. <laughs> I think they remain 23rd in the AP. But whatever. Next game at the same time, kicking off at the exact same time, Shane. A game, what, what I call this, the who's for real game. Coastal Carolina, five and three. And Old Dominion, four and four. ESPN plus. Not pluff. ESPN plus. Chanticleer's a one-point favorite. They get sort of the, uh, I guess, the nod, even though Old Dominion's at home. Listen, Coastal Carolina, I personally, I'm not going to speak for you, Shane, but I personally gave up for dead when they lost their first two conference games. I thought they've had it. You know, it's only Grayson McCall. He can't do it alone. He doesn't even look as sharp as he used to. And now they go ahead and win three straight, including a a, a just a beatdown of Marshall without without Grayson McCall. Old Dominion, on the other hand, they're just weird ODU. You know, they ignored the last place projections and they just continue to haunt the Sun Belt East with one of the better defenses in the conferences. They don't have a great defense, they just have a solid defense. And then they have this transfer quarterback who sometimes is good and sometimes isn't. The monarchs played the Dukes really close. Should the Shants you know, this, to me the Shants are always one of these teams that's c- kind of like has a very relaxed attitude towards these games. Are the Shants in danger of losing to ODU, who wasn't nearly as bad as we thought they were gonna be?
0: I think they are because ODU mm-hmm. it's going to be a close game because ODU plays nothing but close games. Yes. And I didn't do great in math. Oh, okay. You know, in school. But I can recognize the pattern. Oh that ODU wins a close game, then loses a close game, then wins a close game, then loses a close game. Uh, (laughs) They lost a close game last week. Yeah. (laughs) What is what do we think is gonna happen this week? I, they, they're playing at home, and that that sort of surprises me. That you know, it's a one point spread, which seems about right. When mm-hmm. You look at the ESPN matchup predictor; they're heavy on the chance, like I think seventy five percent, something like that. Oh, that surprised me because I think it is going to be a real close game, and <clears throat> I think playing at home, a little fired up by not getting the rivalry victory last week, mm-hmm. um, which I think will fire up their players, you know, in one way that they think they should have won. Their fans are fairly optimistic because they played the a top 25 team close. I think they're going to have a good crowd on Saturday to uh, you know, say goodbye to Grace and McCall in the Sun Belt for the final time for them.
1: I, I didn't even realize that this was if he fun. plays. Oh, I don't wow. Know.
0: But but you know, you know, they won't see Grace McCall ever coming back to uh Ballard Stadium and I think they'll have a good crowd there and I think ODU has a chance to win this one.
1: Oh yeah, you know, I I, I feel like they do too. I feel like they're kind of the favorite to win this game in, in my mind. You know, and, and maybe it's because Old Dominion just keeps making me look stupid week after week. But yeah, I, I I hope Grayson McCall's back because it means that, you know, one of the brighter stars in the Sun Belt is back. But yeah, man, Old Dominion I, I, I I just don't know. They're kind of like the Sunbelt East version of South Alabama. You just don't know what you're going to get from these guys. Well, you actually do know what you're going to get. You just kind of refuse to accept it, right? Yeah.
0: Hey, one thing about ODU. Chris Cignetti, I am sure, watched every game film (laughs) of Grant Wilson that was possibly available going back to Fordham, going into that game. And he still was surprised to see him in person. He remarked multiple times this week about being surprised of how well Grant Wilson throws the ball after seeing it
1: in person. And you know, if, if I think he's if, just getting better and better. You know, it's strange too, because if he had only been able to listen to the fun belt podcast when we had the monarchs on, monarchists, sorry, okay. the monarchists on, they were all big on, on Grant Wilson he could have told Kurt Cignetti. they could have told Kurt Signetti how good he was. And uh well, tragically, we didn't hit record on that. So Yeah. Yeah, it almost was rough caused, yeah, it almost cost Signetti a, a win. We we only have ourselves to blame for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so at 3 p.m., a half an hour later, on the ESPN Plus, you get kind of a, a an intriguing battle of Of bottom dwellers, ULM two and six. The hard luck Warhawks go against Southern Miss one and seven. The Golden Eagles are a three point favorite. Listen, I I I know that Southern Miss is one and seven and possibly the worst team in the Sun Belt, but man, they look like a different team against the Mountaineers. I was watching that first half. Frank Gore was on fire. I think he heard uh, me say he was. Having a disappointing season, decide to run for two hundred yards and a couple scores. I so he's still one of the better running backs, maybe one of the top tier running backs in the Sun Belt. I mean, those guys were just scoring left and right on the Mountaineers' team that couldn't figure out anything to do against Southern Miss. Did Southern Miss turn some kind of corner?
0: Vegas seems to think they did. Like going. <laughs> before last weekend, I wouldn't have guessed that they'd be favored in this one. Um, I almost feel like it's uh, them guessing which team is more likely to have kind of given up on this season Mm -hmm. going into this game. And that Southern Miss showed some life last week and some fight that maybe, uh, maybe they're a little higher on them because to me, ULM just still feels like a team that's had potential to win a lot of games and they haven't. You could say the same thing about Southern Miss to some degree, but but ULM just felt like a team that was close to turning the corner several times, and it just didn't happen. And I always felt like they were going to get another win somewhere along the line, and Southern Miss looked like a good good candidate for that. But then Southern Miss, like you said, they figured out how to get Frank Gore going last week. They looked like they had a chance to beat App State. Maybe they're the ones who actually ended up turning the corner and are going to find a way to win one more before the season's over. Yeah, I
1: think they win this game. And I'll tell you what's wrong with ULM. Is it's they have a lot of guys that can kind of do their jobs. But they don't have that 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 I don't know, that bell cow guy, that guy that that you can rely on to take over the game. You know, it's they don't have the quarterback or the wide receiver or the running back, or even a defensive guy that can make like, you know, a bunch of big stops. They just don't have that that playmaker. And that's what they're really missing there in Monroe. They're just missing just the guy, you know, they just don't have it. Yeah. You know, maybe freshman
0: quarterback kind of develops into that guy, but might be a lot to ask, (laughs) you know, out of, out of Blake Murphy this quickly, just kind of getting the job handed to him late in the season. Um, It does seem like it was kind of time to move on from Jaya Wright, who I liked. Yeah. For a while, but like it just seemed like I don't know. Honestly, when he steps out of bounds on the last <laughs> play of the game, when you know they're trying to find you know any, they still have a chance. Was well, that App State or yeah. like steps out of bounds rather than get good-
1: yeah? They had a good game yeah. against State, and then he.
0: Just- but to me, when I saw that, I was kind of like, oh, that's a guy who's just done. Yeah. Like I- And you know, moving on from him, I kind of thought might be a spark. And maybe it can still can be, but it's well, a lot to put on Blake Murphy's shoulders.
1: Yeah, Blake Murphy just <laughs> has to somehow become like like a super quarterback and you gotta give him time. So at four o'clock, ESPN plus we get another intriguing game. It's intriguing. I'll explain why it's intriguing to me. It's Georgia Southern, six and two at Texas State. They go all the way to, to uh San Marcos. Hey, did you know, by the way? That Sunbelt West has yet to collect a win. No, no, we have one win. The Sun Sunbelt West, I think, has one win over the Sunbelt East this year. Don't ask me who it is. I can't I suddenly can't remember who it is. But uh that's pretty bad. And I don't think it's gonna happen with Texas State and Georgia Southern either. And I'll tell you why. I here's what I think about Texas State. I think Texas State is a good team, but I feel like there's a little bit of 2022 Southern Miss in them, in which it just like the the planets and the stars kind of have come together for them at certain times, that has just made it, made conditions fortunate for them. I don't know if this is the year for Texas State, Shane. I think this is a great year for Texas State. I think maybe next year might be the year. But I don't know if if the Bobcats have enough juice to go through an entire season playing as excellent football as they've been playing, I think Troy kind of showed that Troy kind of made Finley and, 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 and Madi, they're two super offensive juggernauts. They kind of made them look ordinary. And I, I don't know if, if Southern Georgia Southern is going to make it look any less ordinary. Yeah, I
0: think, one thing we're seeing about Texas State is now there's more film mm-hmm. on this amazing GJ Kinney
1: mm-hmm. offense
0: that was completely brand new to start the season when they were just putting up tons of points on everybody. And coaches are making some adjustments at this point. I still think Texas State's good, and I think playing at home with the opportunity to clinch that elusive bowl
1: game <laughs> for Texas State, yes, is is,
0: is one probably a factor in this one you know they've had great crowds in San Marcos I'm sure they're gonna know what's on the line there that sixth win and the program's never been to the postseason at this level anyway and I think it'll be a good game I think I think we'll see Texas State maybe bounce back a little bit but Georgia Southern's also looking pretty good they're as close to being in the driver's seat in the east. To play in a championship game as a team can be right now and you know so it's a big game for for uh for georgia southern as well I, I really think this one could go either way
1: leaning maybe
0: a little towards the eagles but i think it'll be close
1: yeah i think i'm leaning towards the eagles i will say this it's kind of funny that you mentioned the, that we have more film on GJ Kenny and his, his, his Texas state Bobcats. It feels, I hate making this comparison, but it feels a little bit like we, you know how we've been comparing GJ Kenny with, uh with coach prime in Colorado. Like he's kind of the, the coach prime of, of, of the Sun Belt, bringing in a bunch of his FCS guys over rebuilding a team and just sort of getting these big wins. Well, no, everybody seems to have caught up on prime, right? You know, when you, you got Stanford coming back from behind and beating you. It's like, okay, well, all right. People kind of figured out what was going on with Deion Sanders, and they've got a game plan for him. I wonder if the same thing has happened at Texas State.
0: Maybe to some degree, like, like if it was just so you didn't know anything about Texas State to begin the year. You knew, yeah. you knew what they ran at Incarnate Word, but yeah. when you have when you have a quarterback, the you didn't even know who the quarterback was going to be, but then when it turned out to be Finley, and you've got a quarterback with that kind of athleticism, he's probably doing some different things than he did when he had an FCS squad. Wow. And just you, I think coaches have been able to adjust a little bit to like just the the unknown factor of
1: that offense early on. It will be interesting to see if Texas State responds to the six-win challenge because, yes, the Bobcats have been very hard luck in that regard. So hey, yeah. Shane, the, remember... the
0: bowl game seemed like a foregone conclusion for a while, and
1: now it's <laughs> yeah. A... That's <laughs> like they, they they're like second <laughs> Now they kind of got to get that sixth win here somewhere. Better do it. Can't just screw around. So Shane, remember we're talking about um, ULM and Southern Miss being the sort of bottom dweller game of the Sun Belt West remember that yeah yeah well Sunbelt East has the same exact game going for it against two opponents that you would have never guessed would have been <laughs> the Sun Belt East bottom dwellers Marshall four and four at Appalachian State also four and four 5 pm on the NFL network that always cracks me up the Mountaineers are given a three and a half point. Uh, we're at home. We're at Boone sort of edge. I The reality is that Marshall started the season four and four and looked really good. The, I, there are a lot of people. Why aren't these guys in the top 25? I think I might have been one of them. There's a lot of people who thought, well, Marshall could be the guys in the West or I'm sorry, in the East that that run away with it. Um I I admit I always had a little bit of like, I don't know about this Marshall team. I feel a little bit justified now in that. They just lost four straight, and they have not looked good. Meantime, the Mountaineers, they just seem like a program in crisis. You know, man, coming back from behind to beat Southern Miss last week, I mean, that was probably great for the team's mentality. But, man, to have had to do that at home, at homecoming, Against Southern Miss. What is going on in Boone, Shane? Yeah, I mean, when they're
0: talking about firing Sean Clark at halftime of that game, it, it's, uh, it's not what you expected out of Boone. I mean, when you put together this 14-team Sun Belt a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the history of the programs, you would you ever thought there would be a year where, yeah, you'd be talking about the bottom dwellers being Marshall and app when they play each other, like that you would have never guessed that would be happening, especially not in 2023. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, things you wonder how much that second half boosts app state. I think there's a possibility that it does because Marshall's just, yeah, I think, your skepticism in Marshall was justified. I think your right. your um your hesitancy to you know put a lot of stock in Cam Fancher. Yeah. He, he's he's limited as a quarterback when he's one hundred percent healthy. Yeah. He's not going deep on you when he's at his best. But now he's he's banged up. He's going out there, but he's he can barely walk at times. And like Uh getting out of the pocket and running and like pulling it down and you know, running some draw type plays and things like that. That was his game, and he can't do that. You're turning a guy who can't throw deep into a pocket passer now. What what are you gonna get on offense out of that? I
1: Yeah, you could say that about a lot of guys on Marshall, right? They're all banged
0: up. Yeah. I mean, the teams, like I said, it seems like I'm kind of becoming a broken record. Like they're not a team that, like, oh, you look at their depth chart, man. Nine starters are out, but yeah. twenty-two starters look like they've had the crap beat out of them. It's like, you know, it, it's rough at Marshall right now.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, I think the Mountaineers pull this one out out of the hat. You know, it's in Boone. They're kind of over Sean Clark right now. Sean Clark's going to throw everything he can to get that fifth win, uh, and <laughs> and then be close to being bowl eligible. I think they pull it out. Shane, you know what we've just accomplished? I think we converted on second and short. Did you hear it? Did you hear the gong? I did. You triggered that, my man. It wasn't me. It was you. It was all you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know, Tim's is not here. But that doesn't mean that plugs, promos, and parting shots leaves with them. I mean, we we get to have that. But it's just you and I this time. So I'm I'm gonna put it on you right now, bam! Give me a plug promo or a parting shot, Shane. Parting shot, mm. something of a question, I guess. Because is a question to me or a rhetorical question to America?
0: I'm not one to to you or anybody else who wants to chime in, but I'm All not right. necessarily one of those guys who's you know I haven't been to the vast majority of major league baseball stadiums.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've Um, been to
0: a few and I've been to a few even defunct ones at this point. So I'm wondering if my visit to center park stadium this Saturday, which used to be Ted Turner field and the home of the Braves, it's located uh on Hank Aaron way, I think, or Avenue or something like, does this count on a major league baseball stadium tour? Can I, can I count like having been to a Braves? Game there are,
1: they're they're so touchy about that shane i don't know i'm not saying
0: I'm, it to like you know to ride anybody i'm just curious like no, I,
1: no of course you not. not you're just you're you, what you your your journalism bone has been tickled and you want to get down to the facts i'm just telling you that the people there the georgia state guys man when you start like even like kind of questioning whether or not their football stadium is an actual football stadium they get a little They get a little uh, restless. Uh, My question is more like, okay, so when I was
0: a kid, I went to a Texas Rangers game. Uh, I had a cousin who lived in Dallas and that was like two, two stadiums ago for the Texas Rangers. Yes. But if you, if you ask me where I've been, Uh, like what major league places have you been? I would say Texas Rangers kind of without even thinking about the fact that it's not the same stadium. So but that was a baseball game I went to. But I'm wondering if I can kind of count having been to the Braves now.
1: You know what, Turner Field? Yeah, I think you can. If, okay. if you just ask me. No. Now, if you ask like. Uh, like somebody from Georgia State, they might not say that. I, I will tell you what's funny about that Texas Ranger thing. I remember when they built that stadium before they built this new one. I was like, it was like the fifth, you know, like the 11th wonder of the world or whatever it was, This eighth wonder of the world. It was a great baseball stadium. It was brand new. And suddenly it's old and you got to tear it down. You got to tell another one was. Yeah. Well, do baseball stadiums just not last long in the Arlington, Dallas area? That's
0: I don't know. It. Yeah. I mean, or... the one they had before the ballpark in Arlington.
1: Yes, yes that's what it, it needed to go.
0: It was like, even in the, uh, in the, early nineties when I got there and it it was not the greatest stadium in the world, but yeah, it's hard to believe that they've been through three now since I was, that's too many. I must've been like 12 when I went there and like, yeah,
1: so I'm not that old stadium. The, the the shelf life of stadiums now really bugs me. Like uh, I went to a a Tennessee Titans football game a couple of years ago. It's a great stadium, you know, well done. And now Nashville, they're trying to, like, they're trying to, like, get Nashville to foot the bill for a, you know, multi-billion dollar stadium out there. Like, why? Why do you need a new stadium? This one works fine. Why are you milking the taxpayers for more? And with always, like, well, we'll, we probably have to leave the city if we don't get our new. I mean, F these guys. Why is it this way, Shane?
0: Yeah, I mean... I get the business aspect of it to some degree. And they, these guys are businessmen and they want to make, make the money that they can, but like, I don't know, like Kansas city, I'm, I'm a Royals fan. They're talking about building a new stadium. I'm like, no, it's my, like Kauffman stadium is one of my favorite places in the entire world with the fountains and the tailgating no, and classic everything else. Like, yeah, I, I will be sad when they move out of there.
1: Well, it's like taking down Dodger Stadium. I mean, that's that's been around forever too. You know, candlestick, I I was like, get rid of candlestick. That that place is just a garbage heap. But some of these these stadiums, man, they're just treasures. You don't want to take them down. I I got a parting shot too. And uh has something to do with this new reality that we live in in college football. So uh I I mentioned the sean alexander watch list award it's for the best defensive freshman uh 14 14 best defensive freshmen and on that list was a as a guy named javon Mackey. he plays for arkansas state and i remember seeing him at the spring games and god this guy looks nfl ready already i mean he's just got that build right and he, he's got he leads the team in tackles and uh it's just done very well and my first thought when I saw him on that list, Shane, wasn't, hey, congratulations for Javon Mackey. Congratulations for Arkansas State. Congratulations to everybody associated. It was, oh, my God, we're going to lose these, this kid to the NIL. He's going to see you know, his name on here. Other people are going to see his name. He's going to take a field trip somewhere to like Ohio State or something or Baylor or where, whoever steals kids. And he's going to move on. This is the new reality that we're under Shane. It's like we almost have to keep our star players secret under wraps <laughs> because we're worried to death that we won't be able to keep them once they find success. Shane, have you felt this way about a player, about anybody from who you're covering or do you do, do you see do you see my fear, my 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 crazy fears as rational?
0: No, yeah, it's rational. You have to wonder, like and even you know, obviously these guys now, yeah, like you said, like there's probably some coach who looked at that list and was like, "Oh, okay. Put that in the back of my head." Like but yeah, you you have to wonder it. Some guys stay, some guys don't, and some guys that leave are surprising to you and others aren't and I guess it's all just kind of wait and see right now. That that's a sad
1: aspect of it to some degree. It um, is sad. it It used to be you would look at a kid like that and go wow i'm gonna get three more years of that kid it's gonna be great now you don't
0: feel like what and i don't mind the players being able to get what they can get but the and i don't know how you fix this but you know in the pros there are you know at least even in major league baseball where there's no salary cap there's some things in line where like You know, everybody kind of has the same bidding Mm -hmm. power to go after the same guys. You know, obviously, some you're never going to make it 100% equitable to where every team is equally attractive to people. But, you know, I don't know how you would fix that in college to where, you know, a team like Arkansas State or JMU has the ability to even like come up with a counter offer.
1: No, I don't either. You know, I had talked to somebody about NIL. It might've been on this show. I think it was the Western Kentucky guys. We had on the show, they had a collective and they had kept a lot of guys and, and uh, we kind of asked them about that. They said, listen, you can't compete with other programs on money. You know, if Michigan wants your guy and your guy wants money, he's going to leave for Michigan, right? But they said most of these players, they kind of want to stay where they are. They found a home where they are. They found they a place where they get the minutes that they want. They have coaches that believe and trust them, a fan base that loves them. They want to stay. If you can build a culture. And the NIL is part of that. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. It could be a little bit of money. You can keep players. I want yeah. to believe that, Jake. I want to believe that this is a world where if you just show somebody some love and respect, they will they will stay. You know, I just don't know if that's realistic. I think there's
0: something to that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean looking at JMU, like most of the people they've lost, and, and this is in a variety of sports in this situation. A lot of them are the ones who like played four years at JMU, got a degree, and then it was like, I've got a bonus year. I want to see what I want to prove that I could have been, you know, at Ole Miss or Louisville or wherever to begin with. I want to prove that I was always that good. And and I to that degree, I kind (laughs) of get it. I kind of get it. And I kind of, you know, you've already got your degree. It's always going to be your school now. I understand that when we're talking about these freshman guys on these like freshman all American lists, oh. this off is going to be like the huge one for keeping those guys too. Cause I don't know how it is at Arkansas state, but there's a lot of schools where, you know, once you kind of get past that sophomore year, it gets a lot harder to transfer and like make the credits work and everything else. Like, yeah.
1: That's for, true. Yeah. To, for yeah. a lot
0: of schools. So we'll see what happens in that regard too. So It might be one of those things where, like, you got a lot better chance of keeping them for four years if you get past the freshman
1: year. Uh, yeah, you know what, Shane? I just hope that we don't lose you to NIL.
0: Probably not. Nobody's offering me anything.